Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe and rate and review the show if you can. On today's episode, we will talk about the upcoming election, not just the presidential race, but also the Senate race. We also talk about the Vanity Fair article about Jared Kushner and his task force and why that particular task force sort of just disappeared. If you don't know why already, you'll be infuriated when you do find out. And finally, we are also going to bring up that Donald Trump, during his interview with Chris Wallace, made a pretty bold promise, something that was going to happen within two weeks. And you'll never guess what. It has not come to fruition yet. But anyway, that and more. My name is Brian Rundle, and this is Run's House. Let's get it started. Hi there, everybody. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Before I get started, I just want to say that um, the podcast has had two of its biggest weeks it's had since I've started. So first of all, before I do get started here, I do want to thank everybody for not just downloading and listening, but I've had a lot of people out there retweeting the show out on Twitter or sharing it with their friends or family and I really do appreciate it has helped me a whole bunch and I hope to just continue to grow this thing more and more and more I hope you guys are enjoying it I get a lot of great feedback from a lot of people so that really does help me and it certainly makes me want to continue to do this over and over again. So I'm always excited to hit this record button and to get started. So speaking of getting started, let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming election. That is certainly one topic on everybody's minds. And so far, there is a lot of good news for Joe Biden and a lot of bad news for Donald Trump. Now, I, for one, I don't know about you, if you're anything like me, I am not buying into any of this just yet. I mean, I love the sounds of everything. I love the way everything is headed. But it's just there's something about this that just doesn't feel right. And it's not that I don't trust the polls. I really do trust that a lot of people are sick and tired of Donald Trump. I think they're tired of the direction that this country has been heading even before the coronavirus. I know the coronavirus has made a huge difference. And without it, I mean, the irony is without the coronavirus, this race would be extremely tight. So do you sit there and go, well, gosh, I'm kind of glad the coronavirus came around. And no, of course we don't, you know, because we're civilized human beings. I am not happy that hundreds of thousands of people, or it's about 150,000, I think now, and it's leading up to hundreds of thousands, have died from this terrible, terrible virus. And a large part of that is because, as we've said many times, the inaction of this administration. And there's a few other things I'm going to go over here in a minute that is infuriating if you haven't seen it yet, but I'll go over that here shortly. Again, everything looks good. I just don't want to get my hopes up. And again, it's not that I don't believe the polls. Here's what freaks me out is that Donald Trump, just like his entire career, will do everything he can to win. He will do everything he can to get over. So if he's in a corner and he's punching out, 
He is going to kick you. He's going to punch you below the belt. He's going to punch you when your head is turned in the back of the head. He will do anything. He doesn't care. And I really believe he's going to try something that is going to make this an unfair election. And the funny thing is, this is coming from the right. They're screaming that the left is doing everything to make this unfair. And it, they again, they're beautiful with their tactics. And I don't mean to use the word beautiful in a way where I admire it. I'm saying it in a more sarcastic way. But with their tactics, they are pushing this agenda that the left is going to do everything they can to win this election and they're cheating and voting by mail and everything they can think of to divert the attention off how they're going to try to steal this election just like they did in 2016. Right now, currently in the polls, there are three main topics that Americans care about and the top three are the coronavirus, the economy, and race relations. And Donald Trump is not leading in any one of those polls. In a Fox News poll, he's not leading in any one of those three categories. In fact, in two out of the three, he's getting beat pretty soundly. In the coronavirus, he's losing 51% to 34%. On race relations, 52% to 31%, obviously compared to Joe Biden. And the economy, 44% to 43%. So again, on paper, looks good. Other things that look good is that Joe Biden is tied with Donald Trump in Georgia. A Democratic presidential candidate has not won Georgia since 1992. It's been a very long time. And to even be tied, because since 92, I believe there was one other time the Republican, it was the next election in 96, um, where Bob Dole won by one point in Georgia. But since then, Republicans have won Georgia by a pretty considerable amount. So everything looks good there. The other thing, too, that people have talked about is whether or not Joe Biden should debate Donald Trump. And quite frankly, I don't think he should. And not because I don't think Joe Biden can't handle Donald Trump. We've talked about this before. Joe Biden makes some gaffes here and there, and he may even do it in the debates. But he's leading considerably. I'm not sure what the benefit is on doing a debate with Donald Trump. I, I There's nothing but a downside to it. And believe me, if it were the other way around, Donald Trump would bail from the debates as well. If he were up huge and he felt like there was a possibility something could go wrong in the debate or there's something that could change somebody's mind, Donald Trump absolutely 100% would sit out the debates. So whatever's good for Donald Trump is good for Joe Biden. And I know that sounds a little hypocritical, but in this case, screw it. I mean, there's no sense in Joe Biden going into a debate with Donald Trump. It's kind of like if he were in a boxing match and we were in round 11. I use these analogies a lot with boxing. You're in round 11 and you're up in every single round. And then the in the 12th round, your corner's telling you, okay, go for the knockout. Well, what for? Why are you going for a knockout? Just stay the course, win the championship and go home. That's what Joe Biden should do. He should keep doing what he's doing. Every once in a while, pop out, make an appearance, make a nice speech, counter what Donald Trump is doing. Everything is working. Stay the course. Don't do anything else. 
By all accounts, Donald Trump is losing support from even his old supporters. People in the Republican Party who supported him no longer support him. Women are not supporting Donald Trump. And why any woman supported Donald Trump to begin with, I have absolutely no idea. But, you know, we're, we're seeing less and less women and we're even seeing less white men. Now, yes, I understand that's still his base, but the numbers are dwindling in the white male region, which is big news because that's his base. And because of that, a lot of his donors are are not giving to Donald Trump. They're actually giving it more to Republican candidates who are running for re-election in their state. Joe Biden has been outraising Donald Trump over the last few quarters. And one big reason for that is because, again, a lot of his donors are giving to other candidates instead of Donald Trump. Uh, Sheldon Adelson, who owns the Venetian in Las Vegas, who is one of his biggest donors, reportedly has not given a dime to Donald Trump yet. So not to say that he won't, but right now he's not given any money to the Trump campaign. He's giving it more to other Republican candidates. Now, speaking of that, everybody talks about the national race, the presidential race. But another main focus for the Dems has become the race for the Senate. Now, they have, as of right now, a really good chance to flip the Senate blue. Maintaining the House is nearly assured. Of course, you know, we don't say anything's 100%, but this one's as close to 100% as it could be. So, Run, you may ask, how exactly are they going to flip the Senate blue? Well, Run's here to tell you if you don't know already. What the Democrats need is they need at least four And it would be three if Joe Biden wins the White House because any tie votes would be cast by the vice president. So let's say we need four, though, just to take over the Senate completely. Where do the Democrats stand their best chances of doing that? Well, the first one is in North Carolina, where Cal Cunningham is up nine to 15 points in the latest polling over Republican incumbent Tom Tillis. So there's one right there where everything looks good. So if we could flip that one, there's one. The second one is in Colorado, where the Democrat and the former presidential hopeful John Hickenlooper is leading his Republican uh, opponent, Cory Gardner, by six points. And in Maine, Sarah Gideon is leading Susan Collins by five points, and she's been leading her in the last two polls. Now, do you think Susan Collins regrets her impeachment vote, or do you think she at least regrets her statement that she thinks that the president has learned his lesson and that he's going to do better now. Looking back on it, do you think she would have changed her vote? Or, obviously, she would not have said what she said. But I think Susan Collins, for all of her waffling and where it looks like she's going to vote one way and then she sticks with the president on almost everything, has backfired on her. And there would be a lot of people who will take great pleasure in watching her go. So those are three states right now where the Democrats have a good chance to flip the seats and take over the Senate if Joe Biden wins the presidency. If somehow Joe Biden does not win, there is still a chance for the Democrats to control the Senate, and that is by flipping a fourth seat. 
Montana figures to be the best state in which the Democrats will be able to do that. The governor, Steve Bullock, there has been leading consistently against his Republican rival. So right now things do look good. And there are also close races in Iowa and Georgia. So keep an eye on all of those races, because as important as it is to get rid of Donald Trump, it's really just as important to get rid of all these shady characters who have been running this country for the last four years. And I'll tell you, there will be nothing better than to watch these criminals have to pack their bags and get the hell out of power and restore America back to some decency. There will be a celebration to last throughout the years. So bring your good time and your laughter too. We gonna celebrate and party with you. Come on now. Anyway, earlier I brought up something that would infuriate you. I don't know if you have seen the latest article in Vanity Fair. The reporter on that story, Catherine Eben, wrote a very interesting article about the coronavirus task force that was headed up by Jared Kushner. You guys may have remembered that Jared Kushner was put in charge of the coronavirus along with the conflict in the Middle East and among other things for some bizarre reason. But anyway, Jared put together this task force, which included his college roommate and some young entrepreneurs. And so they were putting together a plan for the coronavirus and how to handle it. A lot of the plan emulated what a lot of the other countries did and how they were going to distribute necessities to different states and all that kind of stuff. And everything was going to plan. And then all of a sudden it just went away. So everybody was trying to figure out what happened to Jared Kushner, his task force, and why did everything go away? Well, it turns out with this excellent reporting that at the time, most of the states that were being affected were blue states. In other words, they were states run by Democratic governors, and a lot of the states like California and New York were the ones having the biggest issues. So the task force went away because a public health expert that was in frequent contact with the White House and the task force told the reporter that they don't need a national plan anymore. And the reason was because it would be better for them politically to continue to have the blue states struggle with the coronavirus. Thousands of people died for political reasons. You know, if this story happened under a normal president, this would be one of the biggest stories in the history of politics. But this is just another day in the Trump administration, and it's going to come and it's going to go. And it can only be our hope that the reason why we are seeing the polls the way we are seeing them is because America is paying attention. And they are saying, yeah, that is enough. We have had enough of this clown. We've had enough of this corrupt administration, and we are going to make the change. Come hell or high water, if we have to stand in line for hours, if we have to rent a van and go pick up a lot of people who otherwise can't make it on their own and take them to the polling places, we will do that because this is outrageous. And it's another story where you just shake your head and say, how is this happening in our 
country? How is this happening in the United States of America? How are so many people being fooled by a snake oil salesman? He was a snake oil salesman before he was president. He was a clown before he was president. He failed at everything he did pretty much before he was president. He told us he was going to do everything wrong. And he did it again by putting his stupid son-in-law, who's just as big of a failure in business, by the way, in charge of the most deadliest pandemic that the United States has seen in decades. Even when I hear that Biden has a 15-point lead in the poll, I'm like, how is it only 15 points? It should be 100. And I know people, I mean, somewhat intelligent people still going, Trump! Donald Trump! I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? And I know some of you out there might be saying, wait a minute, hold on, Run. Did you just put Trump supporter and intelligent in the same sentence? And you know what? You got a valid point. Got one more thing I want to talk about, and I saved it till the end of the show, just in case some breaking news came up and I was going to give the president the benefit of the doubt. But two weeks ago, Donald Trump sat down with Fox News' Chris Wallace for an interview that was not a good look for the president. He looked terrible. He sounded terrible. He was as big of a buffoon as you've ever seen him. But he did make a statement during that interview that something was going to happen within two weeks. And I'm going to play the clip and then we'll talk about it. I want to talk to you about Obamacare. Since the pandemic hit, millions of people have lost their jobs and thereby lost their health insurance. And almost a half a million have signed up for Obamacare. Your administration just announced that you're signing on to a lawsuit to overturn Obamacare. And replace it. Why does it make sense to overturn Obamacare, with which people now are relying on? Democrats are going to say, the man who's wanted to kill Obamacare is going to take away the protection for pre-existing conditions. First of all, we got rid of the individual mandate. Pre-existing conditions will always be taken care of by me and Republicans, 100%. But you've been in office three and a half years. You don't have a plan. Well, we haven't had... uh, Excuse me. You heard me yesterday. We're signing a health care plan within two weeks. A full and complete healthcare plan that the Supreme Court decision on DACA gave me the right to do. So we're going to solve, we're going to sign an immigration plan, a healthcare plan, and various other plans. And nobody will have done what I'm doing in the next four weeks. The Supreme Court gave the President of the United States powers that nobody thought the President had by approving, by doing what they did, their decision on DACA. And DACA is going to be taken care of also. But we're getting rid of it because we're going to replace it with something much better. But we got rid of already, which was most of Obamacare, the individual mandate. And that I've already won on. And we won also on the Supreme Court. But the decision by the Supreme Court on DACA allows me to do things on immigration, on health care, on other things that we've never done before. And you're going to find it to be a very exciting two weeks. A very exciting two weeks. Who's excited? Anybody? Anybody excited about what happened in the last two weeks? That's why I waited till the end of the show. I just wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe there was some breaking news that this brand new healthcare system was going to be passed and we're all going to be excited. But we all knew that this was all another classic Donald Trump deflection. There is no healthcare plan coming. We know that. There's no immigration plan coming. At some point, 
a Donald Trump supporter who really cares about health care has got to start getting somewhat insulted by this. And not just at Donald Trump, at Republicans altogether. Said it before, great at messaging, terrible at policy. They have no health care plan. They controlled the Senate, the House, and the presidency for the first two years of Donald Trump and came up with absolutely nothing. All they did was try to overturn Obamacare with nothing in place. Nothing to replace Obamacare. All they wanted to do was replace it and considered that a victory. But now they still want to replace the Affordable Care Act during a pandemic with no plan. And I really, really hope that since the two weeks is up, that reporters really hound him about this. Do not let up. Keep asking him every day, where is this exciting health care plan that you promised, quote, within two weeks? He was insulted when Chris Wallace brought it up. He's like, well, excuse me, excuse me, that excuse me thing he always does. I don't do Donald Trump impressions. I can't do them very good. Like I said, if I tried a Donald Trump impression, it would be an impression of somebody trying to do a Donald Trump impression. Quite frankly, the best Donald Trump impression comes from that Sarah Cooper. I'm sure you all know her. And she doesn't even talk. She just lip syncs it, and it's the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. Uh, But anyway, I should wrap this up. I'm getting worked up. I always sit down, hit the record button, thinking, all right, this is going to be fun and everything. By the end of it, I'm all worked up. But anyway, Tuesday marks 13 weeks until the election. Only 13 weeks short weeks. It'll be here before we know it. If you know somebody who is not registered to vote yet, get them to register as soon as possible. It is easy. Very simple. Also, too, I would suggest somebody asked me the other day, should I wait in line and risk my health on election day or should I risk the, in quotes, slow mail by mailing in my vote. That was my buddy Richard. Richard asked me that. So I, I, I told him, I said, Richard, I would do neither. What I would do, if you are in a state that allows early voting, my state allows early voting, Florida, I could go in there in the middle of the day on a Tuesday before the election, a couple weeks before the election, walk in and walk out. I'm done within 10 minutes. So find out If your state does early voting and if they do find out exactly where to go to go do that because it is very simple and it is way safer. You won't have to wait in very long lines. So I would suggest you do that as well. Anyway, as always, I want to wrap this one up. In the beginning of the show, I said that, you know, there's a lot of people that help me out as I'm getting ready to wrap up. I'm checking out my Twitter feed and I see a couple of notifications, and I have a very nice notification from Steph saying that she's thinking about me where I'm living in Florida and the hurricane's on its way. So that was very sweet, and I thank you for that, Steph. Also, Shay retweeted out the show. She says, please take a moment to listen to at brun13. If you love uh, Project Lincoln, the Lincoln Project, which I do love, if you love their podcast, as I do, she says, You will enjoy Brian's podcast, Run's House, Gold, with exclamation points, so you can't beat that. I really appreciate that, Shay. And my boys at Oh For F's Sake, a podcast, they just retweeted out the show, too. I always appreciate those guys. Uh, I had those 
I had them on a couple of weeks ago and check that podcast out and you can get an idea of what they're all about. It's a show I really think you will enjoy. But anyway, I thank you for tuning in to this week. We'll be back on Friday and I will talk to you again soon. Have a great week.